thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. people we're gonna spend a couple minutes with this song that the social media platforms roll out as we listen to this song from andrew peterson called is he worthy referring to jesus yeah we do we're gonna pray for nashville as well the birth of Christ yesterday. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus our Messiah who forever knows He loves? He does. Does our God intend to dwell again Singing on a glory. Is he worthy? 
So that's Andrew Peterson's song, Is He Worthy? And you can get that. You can go check that out over on YouTube. And uh, I hope you do. It's such a great song that glorifies the name of Jesus Christ. It actually lifts him up and lets the world know that he is worthy. And I don't know if you know this, but in, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 5, that's what he based this song on. I want to read you some of that chapter. It says here in Revelation chapter 5, it said, And I saw on the right hand, this is John, by the way. John John was, um, uh, this, is, this is the Apostle John. He said, And I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals and i saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals and it's interesting because the book in the in the greek the word book it literally means little book or scroll Um, and in verse three it says and no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it And I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And so this is so this is John. He's talking about how he he all of a sudden started to weep greatly. And as I've been studying this because I've been teaching this book, one of the things that came to my mind was how many times do you see a grown man weep? What does it take to make a grown man weep. John at this point in his life was very, very old. And so here he is, you know, and, and all of a sudden he begins to weep greatly, greatly. And it says here, it goes on to say, um, in verse five, and one of the elders, this was the 24 elders, by the way, uh, said to me, stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven scrolls, or seven seals, rather. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. And he came and he took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne now hold on a second i gotta draw your attention to a couple words here because this is totally cool so so in verse six john um he is he's looking at what he's observing and he said and i saw between the throne four living creatures which by the way these creatures um had different faces on them and and stuff um And the elders, so he's talking about the 24 elders here, if you go back and you read the earlier chapter, and it says a lamb, a lamb, standing as if slain. So we know that one of the um, pictures of the Messiah was that he was a lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. And then it describes that. And then it says, and he came and he took it out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures, watch this, and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, 
having each one a, a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou was slain and did purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. So back up here for a minute. And, um, you know, I want to draw your attention to this. So, so the reaction to the book being received so that it could be opened was worship. The elders worshipped, all these creatures worshipped, the angels worshipped. And what was their response? Their response was a new song. Now, I don't know about you guys, but we live in a world where if you know anything about country music, it's usually, you know, a good old country song where somebody left so-and-so and did this with though with that person. And it, it's really kind of a, a depressing song, right? It's usually all about sad stuff, how your heart's broke, you know, and all that type of stuff. But this was a new song. This was a song declaring that God was worthy because he purchased for God with the blood every man from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And then it says here, and thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Well, that's that's us. Anybody who's in Christ, that's that's us. That's a cool thing, right? But then it gets good. So check this out. So then it goes on here. In verse 11, it says, And I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under, under the earth and on the sea and all the things in them I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. They worshipped. Now, you know, in the book of Philippians, we see the Lord being declared in the book of Philippians. It says that. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Okay? In Revelation chapter 5, and don't miss this. This is so good. It says here in verse 13, And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. That almost makes me cry. Why? Because someday, someday, the Lord Jesus Christ, who did what he did for us, is going to get the worship of all creation. And he isn't going to go, oh, no, 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 don't do that. He's not going to go, oh, no, I'm not worthy. 
He's not going to touch somebody and say, mm, don't do that. He's going to get it all. He is going to get it all. And, um, and it's amazing because as I was studying this, um, look at the things that Jesus is going to get. Power, riches, wisdom, might, honor, glory, blessing, um, dominion forever and ever. And you know what's interesting to me is that in our pursuit as humans, this is what we all strive for. We want riches. We want power. We want honor. We want blessing. And yet, here it is, the Lamb of God, who is worthy to take the scrolls and begin breaking the scrolls, to open the book. And if you know anything about the book of Revelation, what comes after this, as Jesus opens this book up and begins to break the seals, judgment is coming on the earth in so many ways. And it's something that I wholeheartedly believe that God doesn't desire to do. I don't think he wants to do what he has to do. But here's the thing. He did what he did on the cross so that we wouldn't have to be a part of that judgment. Because he initially took all the judgment on him. Right? I mean... That's what the cross was, man. The cross is our sin on a perfect, spotless, sinless, holy Lamb of God. It wasn't fair, but he did it anyway. What's fair for us, the wages of sin is death. That's fair. That's where we should go. We should be, we should not, we should, the death is, our, our, is, is what we get because we've sinned. And all have fallen short of the glory of God. But Christ loved us so much that he became the propitiation for our sin. And he willingly took it. You know, I, I've been studying Isaiah 53 and um, some other passages that when you really start to meditate on these passages, it just it just silences you because you're like I don't get it I don't get it I don't get it and I'm not worthy and I can't believe you did that and you love me that much so I opened the show tonight with that because Christmas we often look at the baby in the manger but you know what he's coming back and um, the question is are you ready are you ready to receive him are you going to be one of those people that's going to be worshiping him already in heaven because you've already committed your life to him or are you somebody kind of looking out here going eh, i'm not sure yet eh. and you know you got all you got all these questions and concerns and 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 your and, and and stuff i bring this up because yesterday in my town in nashville if you're like me, you woke up and you happened to see on the news um, what happened down in Nashville. I lived a little, probably about an hour or so from Nashville. And um, my heart just sank. Because 
who does that unless they are driven by the king of death, which is the devil, who willingly blows up something and assuming there is a person in that vehicle, in that RV, where did they go when they died? You know, every soul that goes to hell should rip our hearts out. Because the Bible says that that hell wasn't created for us. It was created for the devil and his angels. You know, and the, the deceit of the world and people who follow whatever beliefs they have that are, that are apart from Christ, it separates them forever. And so tonight, I don't come to this microphone happy at all that this story happened. Um, in fact, frankly, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about the good news. But you know what? Sometimes we have to look at the bad news in order to know what the good news is. And so, um, so we're gonna we're gonna look at some of that stuff. And and you know, before we do though, I wanted to say thank you for tuning in. I've had a lot of people from our Periscope audience ask me where we're gonna go once Periscope closes down in March, and. Um, I haven't decided yet. We're still praying about putting the show over on a Christian media outlet. Um, I might look into a couple of the alternatives that people have been telling me about. But in the meantime, um, we're over on YouTube and we're on Facebook. We're also on Twitch. The audio of this show is carried over on Anchor and about 12 or 13 other different platforms. So you can actually listen to the audio anytime. And I know a lot of people do. Um, but, you know, for now, we're going to write it out. We probably, I'm thinking we may actually just broadcast on Twitter. I'm not sure how many people will see it, uh, given that Twitter and YouTube and all these places really hide us if unless we pay something, which we're going to have to get to that point where, where um, you know, we're putting out some money for it to be seen because otherwise it's not going to be seen. Um, so... I want to say thank you. Um, you know, this 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? Um, and yet, I have to tell you that if you're paying attention to what God is doing worldwide for the believer, we should be looking up because our redemption is drawing near moment by moment and the rapture of the church could happen anytime and so you and I we have a choice to make we have a very serious choice to make and and that that choice is do we press in to God now and do we follow him like never before or do we just go you know what this isn't this isn't it this isn't worthy anymore I don't really believe this I'm walking away because I tell you what you guys there is a huge war for your soul uh you know I I I found out some news today from somebody that completely broke my heart one of my somebody in my life fell into some sin and 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 basically destroyed their ministry um 
And, uh, you know, we're, we're all so prone um, to that if we're not staying close to our shepherd. And, you know, it's something interesting is that in the last few months, you know, I've, I've seen um, God as my shepherd in a different way. And so many of us need to be reminded that he is our good shepherd, that he doesn't desire for us to do this by ourselves, right? I mean, he, he is, he loves us. He really does. Um, and, uh, so if nothing else, I hope that's what you take away from, from our show tonight is that, that the Lord loves you. Um, maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you don't believe it like from your heart, your head yet, you know, maybe it's only up here and it's not in your heart, you know? Um, but he loves you, you know, and, and I go back, I was really struck earlier this year when I was reading about Peter and, you know, when Jesus rose from the dead and then afterwards, you know, he hung out with, he, he went, he, he made some fish and and basically had some breakfast and Peter was at the breakfast and he says to Peter, Peter, you know, Simon, Peter, do you love me? And the word love he used was the, the word agape, which, you know, is generally understood to be like an um, a, uh, unconditional type love. And Peter responded, Lord, you know I phileo you. And the word in Greek, that's a friendship love. He said love. You know, you, he, I, know, you know I love you, but he, he didn't use the agape word. He used the phileo love. And so then Jesus says, basically he repeats the question and he says, Simon, do you? Do you phileo me? And, and and Simon's like, Lord, you know I do. And then Jesus asks him again, do you phileo me? And, and Simon's like, Ugh. you know, just feeling like, you you know, Lord, you know what's in me, right? And I, I've just been so struck by that because God knows us. And yet what's interesting is that Peter died for the Lord, which would be the agape love. So he sees you. He knows you better than you know yourself. Right? He called Gideon a valiant warrior. You know, Gideon was kind of a coward. (laughs) Gideon was like, well, hey, God, would you do this, this, and this? God's like, sure, why not? I'm Jewish. And he he does. And then Gideon's like, hey, okay, you did all that for me. So you do this, this, and this. And God's like, "Ah, sure, I'm Jewish. I'll do that for you. And he was so patient. And, you know, in the end, God met Gideon where he was. And he meets us where we are. And you know what? I'm just being honest. Look, I struggle with believing it myself, you know, because I know me. I know what I think. I know my attitudes. I know my behavior. I know my willful sin. Even yesterday, I did something. I was like, oh, I so want to do this. Oh, I'm going to do it. And I did. No, no, it was wrong. I was like, oh, God. Why? Why did I do that? Ugh. Because our members are fleshly and there's a war between the spirit and the flesh. 
which is why we have to know the word of God so that we can crucify the flesh and we can walk in the spirit and not fulfill the desires of the flesh, right? Um, and the best way to do that is in community. The best way to, to strengthen your inner man is to be in the word of God and do it in community. So anyway, there you go. That's the sermon uh, for tonight. I could go on and on, but I will spare you any more sermon net. But that, that's where I'm at. I just want to encourage you. Um, you are not alone in this faith walk. And, you know, anytime any of you want to reach out to me, send me an email, join my email list, join my text message list. I'd love to have you on it. I have a Daily Disciples Facebook group. You can go and join that. We are reading the Bible every day together. Um, if you watch the ticker below here, uh, there is a number you can text uh, Bible news to. And, and get on my text message list. We send out texts about that. Um, and you can join our email list if you go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and just wait for the pop-up and put your email in there. If you want to be a part of my Revelation Bible study, um, just email me. I don't have anything on my website about that. But if you just email me, I can add you to that. We meet every other week on Tuesday night on Zoom. And... Um, and then we can grow in the Lord together that way as well. Um, so, Randall, do you want to open up and talk about a little bit about the, the Nashville story? Because Randall was really kind of, he, he's got more thoughts about this than I do. I think he's been trying to figure some stuff out. Welcome, Bearface. Hey, howdy. Glad you here, Mr. Handsome Hunky Husband. Good to be here. Yeah, um, really kind of disturbing, you know, what facts come together. Um Apparently, there's a suspect now, and we'll look at that article uh, in a bit, I guess. But, um, and it poses some of the same questions. But what we've got here is a guy pulling up someone, apparently. A man, it sounds like something a man would do. Uh, pulls up this explosive-laden RV on 2nd Avenue North, Nashville, at 6 a.m., Thereabouts, and then at 6:15, uh, the vehicle. There's a loudspeaker system in the vehicle, and it starts giving this 15-minute countdown to an explosion, and telling people to evacuate the area. And just prior to that, there were reports of gunshots. Now that's the interesting thing: uh, reports of gunshots, and police go to the area when there's reports of gunshots and it turns out the police were very helpful in evacuating uh the area and so it all i don't know what the gunshots were about but it almost seems like they were designed to get police there to help evacuate the area so the person obviously with this 15 minute countdown this 15 minute warning is um didn't want to hurt people you know, in fact, you know, gave 15-minute warning, get out of the area. You know, not not hours, otherwise, hours notice, probably the bomb would have been disarmed. But 15 minutes to evacuate the area. And, and it, it was very helpful. The area was, in fact, evacuated. Are you going to put yourself on camera only? No. Do you want me to? Okay, I just wasn't sure because it looks like over there yeah. you are. 
Well, you you weren't. It looks like you were busy doing something, so I was about to. I, and I then... was just trying to look at comments. By the okay. way, we can't see any comments on Periscope. If you're making comments for whatever reason, the app won't let us see. I see. Um, but if you're over on the page, yeah, just. I see. Will I be loved? We can't see your comments. That's what you typed in. That's what I wrote because I can't see any comments. And then just so you know. You typed in. So those are the two comments that I see. Okay, so nobody's making any comments. Okay. <laughs> and there was one, though, from <clears throat> Phrase, Fraser Show or Phrase Show, Phrase, Fraser How. I'm sorry. Um, it's screens way over to my right. Well, anyway, I see you guys. I just want you to know that if you're making any comments, for whatever reason, Periscope won't let me see any comments, if you are. That's just, I can see them after the show's over. I just can't see them during the show. Anyway, so, um, you know, the person didn't want to hurt individuals, obviously. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to hurt anybody else, but wanted to cause some damage, obviously. And given the position of the vehicle, Mm -hmm. uh, parked right in front of a brick, um, brick brick-faced tower, uh, an older building that belongs to AT&T, um... Uh, some reports at an office building, but you really can't tell that from the looks of it on the outside. It's an unmarked building, uh, typical of communications types buildings where they're, you know, for this reason. So they knew, whoever it was, knew that that's what this building housed, that they're, that uh, parking the RV right in front of it would disrupt some communication systems. That seems like they knew that. And in fact, the 911 system still in our area is still down. And hopefully that's a lesson to authorities that, you know, a single point of failure can bring down the 911 system. There seems like there'd be some redundancy there, but um, oh, lesson learned there. Um, and, and then we'll look at some more articles about other uh, communication outages. But that, to me, seems to be the the motive, and I suspect that the that the perpetrator was in the vehicle, um, because there's nothing else said about any surveillance. They've got some surveillance footage of the RV arriving in the area from some nearby camera, so it seemed like. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the person, I don't know. The, yeah, I can't imagine as the police are evacuating buildings, a person, this RV with this uh, loud uh, warning, 15-minute countdown, the person is can, you know, casually get out of the RV and sneak off. So I suppose I suspect that they remained in it and and they are no longer seeing there was re- Reports of tissue found that could be human tissue, and then um, that's about would be the size of it if someone was in the vehicle. Um, just you know, yeah. Which you pretty know, gruesome. Yeah, which is so it's so tragic when anybody dies, but when somebody Agreed. somebody takes their life, yeah. For whatever a reason. suicide bomb, basically. Yeah, I mean. But a suicide bomber. But why? But why the communications 
system in part in that area. I mean, that, that seems pretty obvious to me. We don't know. And so, um, yeah. So you want to look at some of the articles here? Sure. Works for me. All right. Which one should we look at first? Um, probably. How about the uh, WKRN article? FBI. Okay. ATF. So FBI ATF search homes of Antioch man in connection with uh, two Nashville explosion. Um, <clears throat> investigators in Nashville are searching properties in Antioch connected to a 63-year-old man in connection with an explosion in downtown Nashville. According to ABC News, investigators are searching properties connected with Anthony Quinn Warner. Investigators also found human remains at the scene and are working to determine whether Warner was the person blown up inside an RV on Christmas morning. The FBI and the ATF arrived Saturday at homes in Antioch associated with Warner to conduct their searches. News 2 has a crew at the site of an investigation happening at a home in the 100 block of Bakertown Road. Neighbors told our News 2 crew they had seen an RV sitting in the driveway of a home in the 100 block of Bakertown Road for several weeks. A picture of, taken of Warner's address in Antioch via Google Street View shows an RV in a fenced-in section of the yard. The RV appears to match the one captured on a security camera in downtown Nashville before the explosion. Authorities are also reportedly working with behavioral analysts to help them understand what caused someone to intentionally blow up the RV after warning people to stay away. Investigators are also continuing to gather more information as to why the location on 2nd Avenue near Commerce Street was chosen for detonation. Investigators have been gathering samples to send to a lab for analysis. According to the Associated Press, Douglas Korneski, the special agent in charge of the FBI's Memphis field office, said 250 agents, analysts, and FBI staff working the case are making progress in the search for the person or people responsible. It's just going to take us some time, he said. Our investigative team is turning over every uh, stone. So Anthony Quinn Warner, 63 years old, um, could potentially be the person. I look so short, don't I? <laughs> um, don't know why that bothers me, but it does. But anyway. You were earlier. Your head was getting cut off, so now you probably <laughs> I feel like move down or something. I think my so. hair. I just feel so short right now. <laughs> I am five four. Okay, so I am. I am. I am short, but I just feel super short all of a sudden. Anyway, do I look short to you guys? Anyway, anyway, not that that should matter. Um, yeah, so um, I'm sure something else is going to take off. Um, you know, uh, you know, Randall's positing that this killer or this, you know, situation that he didn't want anybody else to die, which, you know, that's why there was a warning. It was nice. Hey, I don't want to kill anybody else. Just you know, myself, so I'm going to have a countdown to do that. Um, I don't know. But it seems, well, it seems fairly clear that that building was, the building in which it was parked in front of was the target. Because obviously people weren't the target. 
right. was a building, and that particular building happened to house, um, you know, communications equipment. And yeah. apparently, I would say that the person knew that. And it probably wasn't because of a overcharge in a phone bill or something like that. If that it, was the case, Legal Shield could have helped with that. Yeah, but Just saying. I mean, um, I've dealt with A and T, AT and T customer service, and it hasn't been pleasant at times. But you know, that's that's certainly not, not motive for to take out. I don't care how unstable you might be. I don't know. It just seems like there's well, way more to the story. I'm going to read part of this other article over on the AP. Um, Which one's that? The FBI at home, a per possible person of interest. So I'm just, I scrolled down to the middle of it. It says Ray ne Neville, uh, president of technology at T-Mobile, said on Twitter that service disruptions affected Louisville, or Louisville, depending on how you Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, whatever. Anyway, uh, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Atlanta. We continue to see service interruptions in these areas following yesterday's explosion. Restoration efforts continue around the clock, and we will keep you updated on progress, he said in a tweet Saturday. This is amazing to me. The outages had even briefly grounded flights at the Nashville International Airport, but service was continuing normally as of Saturday. The Federal Aviation Association has since issued a temporary flight restriction around the airport requiring pilots to follow strict procedures until December 30th. According to Metro Nashville Police Chief John Drake, police officers responded on Friday to a report of shots fired when they encountered the RV blaring a recorded warning that a bomb would detonate in 15 minutes. Police evacuated nearby buildings and called in the bomb squad and then the RV exploded shortly afterwards. Um, and then over here on the Tennessean, uh, there's an article titled AT&T Outages Caused by Nashville Explosion Impact Card Machines at Walmart and Other Retailers. Now, this has been interesting because here living locally, um, being in some Facebook groups for local people here in our area, um, people started to put a list of all the different stores that you can't go in and buy anything um, because AT&T apparently serviced their phone system. So this one says, uh, those hoping to spend holiday gift cards or go grocery shopping with a credit card in Tennessee may have to wait. Multiple stores in Tennessee and some surrounding states reported internet outages Saturday due to the explosion that damaged an AT&T building in Nashville Friday morning. The damage from the blast also caused outages for some phones in 9-11 systems in multiple Tennessee and Kentucky counties. Walmart confirmed Saturday afternoon that the outages impacted multiple stores. Shoppers took to social media to report Walmart closures in some locations, while others accepted only cash. Due to the AT&T outage, some of our stores are experiencing temporary internet outages, Walmart said in a statement. This may impact our ability to process credit card transactions and process returns. Um, yeah, so I'll just I'll just stop there. Bottom line is, a lot of things have been impacted as a result of this, um, and uh, yeah, T-Mobile service has been impacted in parts of Knoxville. 
I actually have a lot of my networking buddies over in that part of Tennessee. Um, so, so yeah, it's not good. Um, it's, it's sad actually. So, and I, I see Wendy and uh, Alice were over on, uh, Facebook for a time. I don't know if they're still there, but if you are, hello, nice to see you there. Um, and Mia, I see you and Marlene and Jerry and a couple other people are over there on uh, Periscope as well. So that is the news regarding that. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Did you find anything else? Oh, no, but just putting on my um, detective cap, you know, and my conspiracy hat. Because of what we were doing yesterday? Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's just that, okay, you know, it, like I say, it just seems to me that the point was to knock out communication systems. And then you have to ask yourself, well, why? Is that so something couldn't be communicated? Some emergency systems wouldn't work? So that something else could go on during that time? Or or is it just to see how much damage it would do in preparation for some other thing to knock out communication systems? You know, it it Well, it knocked out it must have knocked out the nine one one system in our area because yeah. right after this yesterday, we all of a sudden started getting all these text messages saying nine eleven services were down. Yeah. And, and then they gave us um, numerous phone numbers to call. I mean, they called us like three times on our phones. They texted us. Uh, people put it on social media. I was extremely impressed with that, by the way. Yeah, me too. Because, I mean, because in California, that would have never happened. You know, Tennessee, though, has it down when it comes to, um, you know, um, emergency stuff. So, um, yeah, that... Uh... Why? You know, it just seems like one person builds a bomb, pretty serious bomb, an RV goes, takes out communication systems in um, numerous areas in the southeast. To what end? You know, it just doesn't sound like something you do for, you know, fun, uh, especially if you take your own life in the process. Um, to me, that signals, if you will, don't authorities, I'm not trying to say anything, I'm not going to do anything, but that something greater, either something going greater going on at that time that to prevent communications or, or something bigger to come. So, you know, this is like a proof thing to see how much it would take out. Hmm. What do you guys think? If you can comment, that would be good. And then who? Who is interested in taking out communication systems? Hmm. Why? Well, you know, the other interesting thing in this thing is that Tennessee has been a um, targeted lately because of the COVID thing, right? Oh, there's some comments over on Being YouTube. Being a hot spot. Let's see here. Wow, there's got a lot, a lot of comments over here on the on YouTube. Hello, YouTube people. Okay, Tracy's there. Purple uh, Paisley Planner. Hey, Annette, how are, how are you? Um, right, Someone Periscope saying this is a great example of a boring scope. Ah, uh, Meeks says, I just Hope wanted to see. that little white X and <laughs> gone somewhere else. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, 
Um, me, me seeks says, AU me seeks says, I just wanted to say that I feel like this is an exercise to see if people believe what they see or believe what they are told, because what I've seen is that the explosion can, can from underground, um, instead of the RV. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm not, sh I'm not sure. Vanguardian, I, I can't see the link you posted. It's called the Batman Building for a Reason. AT&T Building is the confirmed NSA processing center recently tasked with forensic analysis of Dominion servers. Yeah, but that's not, okay, but that's not the AT&T Building, not the big glass tower. It was the brick tower about two blocks away on 2nd Avenue North. <laughs> Good evening, Diane. Um, Y'all are aware that FAA has classified the airspace over Nashville. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we were actually talking about that yesterday because we kind of jokingly said, well, maybe the president is in town because last time we had a fight or um, a, a fighter pilot or whatever. Yeah, a fighter jet was scrambled to intercept. Because yeah. where we live, yeah. you don't get airplanes flying over our houses. Um, it's like we're in the country. <laughs> when we lived in Southern California, we lived very close to John Wayne Airport and we, you know, airplanes were, you know part of our normal thing so when i hear an airplane now i'm like okay what the heck um so communications weren't the target mitchell says came from the underground what was he trying to say the nsa center is beneath the at&t building okay that's interesting um well you know i will say a couple of years ago i kept saying and and you can take this for what you want. You know, I'm just a little peon here, you know, with my opinion. Um, but I've been doing broadcasting for 16 years. So I kind of, you know, I've seen some trends. I remember years ago um, when we were in California, the LL Airlines, uh, there was two shooters that went into LL Airlines um, lobby area at the, air, at the uh, LAX. And... They tried to shoot within LL Airlines, right? The media botched that coverage. Um, and I remember very clearly. Cause botched my, or altered? Well, they altered it because I remember Janet Parcel, who is a broadcaster over on Moody Radio now, but at the time she was broadcasting for Salem Radio out of, out of um, Virginia. She had a guest from Israel on her show. Um, and I had messaged Janet and I had told her, I said, oh, by the way, our local station here in California reported one shooter. Initially it was two, but then they switched it to one. And then she conveyed that to her guest who was from Israel. So, and that was way before the internet, like social media stuff that we have now. So I've, I've seen the altering of that. And that's why new media is so important because there's so many of us, you know, when you have YouTube and all these people, you know, altering stuff, hiding stuff. And, you know, you get one piece of info over here. You get another piece of info over here. You know, I think we've all seen it with like 9-11 and stuff. So it's, inter it's interesting um, uh, too. But, but that before I forget my point, I've been saying for years that Islam wants to take over America, Right. By 2020, that's what I what I've been saying, and you know it's interesting because car bombs are very rare in America. They're very common, you know, in places like Syria, you know, places like that. Um, 
And here's the other thing, too. And we, we, we haven't heard a lot about Islam in the last uh, couple of years because we don't have a Muslim president in office anymore like we did with Obama. Um, and, yeah, I will say that because it's true. He is a Muslim. Um, his besties were Muslims. He, he, you know, he hated Israel. Just saying. Um, so it is interesting to me. I look at that connection. I look at the rise of the mosques here in this area. Um, and nobody is talking about Islam right now. And yet, if you know anything about Christian persecution all over the world, it's still Islam killing people all over the world behind communism. Communism is the number one killer of Christians all over the world. And then Islam. Uh, and that's a fact. So, um, but <clears throat> anyway, uh, it's anyway so we got to look at that but we also have to look at there's outliers as well right there's outliers out there um who do things that are completely inconsistent with everybody so do so what do we really know we really don't know a whole lot you know it's conspiracy speculation but frankly i think more conspiracy is truth than lies just so you know yeah and about the 9-11 truth are out there mm -hmm. uh, no um, one's yeah, well, we, I actually, um, yeah, you're right, Vanguardian. Islamic terrorists don't issue advance warnings. Um, you're right. That, that is correct. But I, I'm also saying that don't, don't negate that that still could come up the pike later, especially if Harris gets in as president. Yeah, we're, but yeah, we're not going to pin 9-11 wholly on, on Muslim terrorists. And we're not nah, gonna... There's an inside job in America for that. Yeah, yeah. George Bush was part of that, and yay, the Patriot Act. We all fell for that, didn't we? Yeah, it's um... pushed by top Christian broadcasters, Janet Parshall and others. Just yeah. so you know, it's a mixed bag of accomplices yeah. and that horrific tragedy and travesty yeah. of of justice. Um, more attacks are green lighted. Yeah, per perhaps. The, the bottom line is, in, in this world of pandemia and... Well, uh, you know, it's, it's actually... Okay, let's just be real. The, this COVID con is just that. COVID oh. is real. The, the, it's a con, though, on America, just so you know. I mean, we all know that. Yeah, the virus is Most real. People. The... Um, yeah, the virus the is real, but most people that die from it have some other type of thing. The, the, re the response and control that comes with it is uh, something else. The bottom line is, with that, with this going on, and the and the uh, Davos project next month, World Economic Forum meeting, and you can go read about the agenda for the the global reset. Yeah. Reset. Isn't that oh. exciting? We're gonna have a global reset. <laughs> anyway, of course. Can't wait. Of course, people will argue. Well, how much influence the the World Economic Forum has? I'm I'm trying to be funny here. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, a con in the whole world. I do believe that. Yes. But um. Yeah. Anyway, life as we we know it prior, like 2019 and before, uh, may not come back anytime soon or you know or maybe never and so to me this is sort of a wake-up call a wake-up call to 
government conspiracies and and buying silver and stuff like that. No, it's it's a wake up call that this life is temporary. Um, even the context in which we live, our tiny limited lifespan, is temporary. And if you're looking for, uh, you know, if you're looking for stability, dependability, and security on temporal things, uh, you're going to be greatly disappointed and even eternally disappointed, I would add. Um, you know, now more than ever, I believe, is a time to be looking at eternal things. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically, the claims of Messiah, uh, the the true history of Scripture. I know there's people out here on YouTube saying, oh, the Bible was written in the Middle Ages and blah, 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 I made all this stuff up. And it's like, wow, I don't have that kind of faith. Uh, and we're going to intentionally, you know, make thousands of manuscripts and uh, differ the spellings a little bit in the word order just to make it seem we're going to put them in ancient libraries and we're going to do this. We're going to, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, the Bible has divine fingerprints all over it. And it's it's worth investigating. Well, more than investigating anything else. The bottom line is, if you're a believer and you're following Jesus and you're, you have a personal relationship with him, you don't have to worry about anything. Right. You know, yes, we could all die as martyrs. That's an option. It could happen. But what's so, I mean, if you die as a martyr, I mean, seriously, all that means is you get to, to your reward quicker um, and it's not going to be, you know, some other... You know, it's not going to be like, like the reward for Islam if you do that, right? Um, I really want to encourage you um, to draw near to God. Because in James chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And, you know, I cannot emphasize this enough. I've been talking about this a lot. Um and I, I just, um, I have to tell you that God has been kind of separating the wheat from the chaff and, and he's been kind of cleaning out the church. You know, the Bible says judgment begins with the house of God. You know, like one of the top Christian stories right now out there is about Robbie Zacharias. Okay. Now, Robbie Zacharias, you know. Um, was, I believe, one of the, the best Christian apologists of the 20th and the 21st century. I loved his work. His work impacted my life in a big, huge way. But allegations of him having sexual impropriety throughout his ministry have come to light. And the head of Robbie Zacharias Ministries, you know, is they're, they're basically saying, yeah, it was true. We hit it. Right now, Robbie's dead. He's with the Lord, I hope. Um, hopefully he repented before he ended up dead. I, I hope he did. I mean, you know, he was brilliant. But my point is, is that self-deception is massive. You know, and, and me and a friend of mine, we were in a study this morning and, and they brought up Jeremiah 17, 9, right? 
The heart is deceitfully wicked above all else who can know it, right? Our hearts are wicked, you know? And the reality is that apart from Christ, we are nothing. Um, and there is a cosmic war going on between God and the devil. Uh, Jesus won that war on the cross. But Christians today, you know, the average home in America has four Bibles. And the average home in America, the people that own those Bibles don't read them. Uh, very small percentage of people who have a Bible actually read the Bible. And the number one reason that people say that they don't read the Bible is because they're too busy. Over 50% say that out of 11,000 people that responded to this, this study that I'm, I'm quoting. Well, let me tell you something. If I, you know, I've, I've been married to Randall, my husband here on the show, the guy you just saw, that's my husband. I've been married to him for 28 years. If I never spent any time with Randall, it would be a really bad marriage. <laughs> if we didn't communicate every day, that would suck. I'd be like, like, who are you? Why are you in my bed? You know, I mean, it's like that in order to have a relationship, you got to talk. You got to you got to communicate with the person you're having a relationship with. The best way for God to communicate with you is by reading the word of God, his book, which is miraculous, by the way. I mean, there's no other book ever in the history of the world like the Bible. And when you begin to understand how the Bible came about, and the fact that as a believer, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you, it just magnifies everything. I forget this book is thousands of years old because it's so pertinent to my life today. You know, um, I cannot um, emphasize enough how important it is to read your Bible every single day and to memorize the Word of God. Uh, because there could be a time in America where our Bibles are taken away from us. There could be a time when all the Uversion apps and all those apps on online, on Kindle, etc., all the digital stuff uh, that we have in biblical form could be wiped out. They've done it before. I mean, they took down 1984, okay? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, the irony there, you know? Um, and I've said this for a long time that, look, don't, like, I actually made the comment, if you have a, a paper Bible, you should go bury it somewhere in your backyard in a safe so that when our Bibles are confiscated and Christianity is made illegal in America, you have some place to go where you can get God's word. Or better yet, just do what the Chinese do, memorize it, and then they can't take it away from you. By the way, there's a great app. It's called, uh, I'm going to double check because it used to be called Scripture Type Typer. Um and now it's called, that's not it. It's, um, <laughs> Bible memory. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's Bible memory. Yeah. If you go to BibleMemory.com, uh, this is a, this is a great app. Um, of course it's an app. They could wipe that off your phone too. But in the meantime, <laughs> before anybody does that, you could go ahead and begin memorizing it. Uh, so, so that, um, it's hidden in your heart so that you might not sin against God, right? It is time to get serious about being a follower of Christ. Bottom line. And you know what? The Lord has disciplined me and chastened me and, you know, said, hey, you, I love you. And, and now we're going to have a talk. 
<laughs> and I, I'm like, huh, okay, I'll talk. <laughs> I think I should probably listen to you, huh? Anyway, um, and, and so what I, you know, so what I'm telling you is that, you know, God loves you. And the best way to, to get through life right now, you know, the whole world's freaking out. I am not freaking out because I know who holds my future and I know whose hand I'm in. You know, um, God has miraculously provided for Randall and I through this whole COVID-19 thing. I mean, Randall and I, I'm just going to tell you something. Randall and I depend on sales every month to pay our bills. We don't work for other people. We're self-employed. Uh, we have not filed for unemployment. We haven't gotten any type of PPO or whatever aid that was that the, the businesses could get. We didn't get any of that. We've been trusting God month by month to meet our bills. And um, and he has come through faithfully. And in September, some of you already know this because I've been talking about this for a while. In September, I was challenged by somebody to to be, become accountable with my Bible reading every day with a group of people. And I did. And I didn't think I needed to, though. That's the thing. Hey, I, I thought, yeah, hey, I'm the host of Bible News Radio. I look at the Bible. I open up my version app, read that verse of the day, post it on social media. I'm good. Yeah, I am. Oh, my gosh, you guys. You know, self-righteousness. Yeah. Just no saying. such thing. <laughs> Yeah. Thinking that you're mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God's, God's did a little bit of chastening to me. Um, it's humbling to confess it, to be honest with you. But I share, because that's what leaders do. Good leaders, anyway. You cannot lead unless you've been somewhere. <laughs> you know? And and I if I didn't care about you, whoever you are... I would keep hammering this point. Um, you know, reading the Bible is hard. There is a war. There's a really a battle around you to, to read it. You know, and, and I will say this. Jesus is our advocate. Satan is our adversary. And, and the adversary hates the advocate. And he hates everybody that he advocates for. You know, so you got to make a choice who you're going to hang out with. And, you know, I just got done studying the book of Judges. And, you know, the end of that book, the end of book, the end of Judges ends that they, the people did what was right in their own eyes. Right? Let me ask you something. Have you ever thought about asking the question with anything that you do think or believe? Is this right in God's eyes? Have you? Have you ever thought about that? Have you have you ever thought, huh? Is this right in God's eyes? Should I do this? Well, I can tell you one thing. What's right in God's eyes is if you're in his word. Right? Stop listening to these baloney people out there who are claiming to be God's prophets and and giving you a line of crap. Okay, I'm sorry to say it that way, but it's true. Um these people don't know God's word. What they do is they take scripture out of context. They misapply it. They make it for their own financial gain. Joel Osteen. Let's talk about good old Joel just for a second. Yesterday, I get an email from Joel Osteen's ministry. And um, 
Joel Osteen's ministry sends an email on Christmas and it doesn't say, hey, Merry Christmas, let's celebrate Jesus' birth, you know, glory unto God, he's, you know, it has nothing to do with Christmas. They sent this email about their, some program that, you know, they have to offer that will, you know, help you be victorious or whatever. Um, for a big fat donation, you can get this thing sent to you. And I read the email and I thought, really, Joel Osteen? Seriously? One of the biggest false teachers of our day, Joel Osteen. And I'll say it because it's true. You know, Joel Osteen's dad, who pastored that church years ago before he died, was, was well-respected and actually a very biblical pastor. He actually had the gift of, of teaching. He taught God's word. He was highly respected. When Joel Osteen's dad died, Joel, who ran the media department, stepped in. And, and he actually was like, hey, everybody, I'm a coach. Yeah, I am. I'm a life coach. That's what you're going to get here. And then, of course, greed comes in and, you know, it's a, it's a prosperity gospel money-making machine, Joel Osteen's, quote, ministry, unquote. And people give to it hand over fist because that man is telling them lies straight from the pit of hell, things that aren't going to help them for all eternity. In fact, many of them are going to be going to hell because they're believing it because they're not opening their Bible and they're not reading it in context. They don't understand anything. Because, see, when, when sin isn't taught and the cross is left out, you don't have the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have gospel of man. And that is what man does right in their own eyes. They actually think this is right in their own eyes. Meanwhile, I know people who uh, are missionaries over in Islamic nations who have to beg and plead for donations to get their missions trip paid for because these missionaries have to raise their own funds. But uh, people are like, oh, that's not comfortable. It irritates the crap out of me. <laughs> you know, it really does. And I don't mean to be so blunt, but I am because it does irritate me. And I'm just like, you know what? It's time to get real and to be honest. Because look, if your eternity depends on where you're going, and what you really believe scripturally, and you don't know scripturally what you believe, then I'm just going to say most likely you're going down, not up. Because the heart is deceitful above all else who can know it. And yet Jesus came and he paid the price. You know, and, and it's, it's not comfortable. It's not a feel-good faith that we have. There's nothing feel-good about Christianity. Nothing. In fact, my, my friend Glenn Penner who died many years ago of cancer. He was like only about 50 or so when he died. Glenn Penner, he used to write for Voice of the Martyrs Canada. He was one of their uh, top people at VOM Canada. Um, he wrote a book called In the Shadow of the Cross. And what his book was about was it was a survey of Christian persecution and Jewish persecution throughout the Word of God. So he actually went through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, and he noted how 
the Jews and then Christians were persecuted and, and, and what happened. You might notice in my logo over there, which, you know, there, it's an open Bible and there's a shadow of a cross over my Bible. I did that on purpose because I never want to forget the cross in our faith. Because without the cross, my sins aren't paid for. And like I said earlier, the wages of sin is death. Yeah, it is. The payment for my sin is death. That's what I, that's what I deserve. And, and so left to my own devices, I'm toast. Unless I receive what Jesus did for me, which is died in my place, you know. And, and here's the thing. He was perfect, sinless. He never did anything wrong. Not one thing. And I, I know it's so easy to get outraged. Oh, so-and-so did blah, 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 blah. You know, really, this is the thing. People get outraged when you see a puppy being abused, right? Yeah, you do, because it's a cute little puppy. You know, I'm a dog lover and a cat lover. Um, you know, I remember seeing a video somebody posted on Facebook. It was of this man with, with a little puppy in an elevator. And, you know, the elevator door shut and this, this man just started kicking and beating this little dog up. And, oh, everything in me just wanted to pummel that guy. Because, you know, the little puppy, you know, who would do that? You know, who would hurt a little puppy? God, so evil. And yet... Humanity, our hearts are often so hardened against abuse towards women, men, children, one another. And yet Jesus took all of that sin on himself on the cross so that we didn't have to die because we created that sin. You know, we don't get outraged about the right things in the world, okay? You know, as much as I love animals, an animal is not going to ever save me in any way. An animal is not exalted above a human, ever. And yet our stupid society goes, oh yeah, animal rights. You know that animals have more rights than people? <laughs> Plants have more rights than people. If you, if, <laughs> if you actually look at some, some of the stuff gone, it's like crazy. And, but see, that's because Satan hates people. Because the image of God, we were created in God's image. We are his image bearers. So, eh, so, so why not destroy us? Why not destroy us through abortion? Why not destroy us through addiction? Why not destroy us through homosexual behavior? Why not destroy us through, you know, adultery and others? Any type of behavior that can destroy us as human beings, that's Satan's goal. Because Satan wants to destroy the image of God in you. And I don't know about you, but I spent like three years. I mean, I spent 15 years working as a marriage and family therapist. I specialized working with domestic violence and um, people in a domestic violence shelter. And I will tell you something. Uh, you haven't lived until you've seen a woman who's had the crap beaten out of her sitting in front of you. Bloody eyes, bruises all over their body because they were raped and abused by somebody. And, you know, because they didn't give a crap about her as a person. And then you hear the stories of what these women go through in order to survive. You know, if you don't think that God created a human spirit to 
to live, then you've never talked to a victim of domestic violence who's escaped it. You know, um, it, all you got to do is drive a car and almost get in an accident and you're, you're pushing on the brakes as fast as possible to prove that you want to live. You know, it goes against nature for us to try to kill ourselves because God created us to live. And yet, all that sometimes is just like thrown out, whatever. You know, what heals people, and I can say this because I know it to be true from the bottom of my heart, from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. The thing that has healed me is Jesus Christ and his word. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, not to, uh, it says to offer up your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of service and worship, and to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you might be able to prove what God's good and acceptable and perfect will is. God's word transforms your heart and your mind and when that happens then your life changes the devil hates that man he hates it when you quote god's word number one number two he hates it when you tell other people about jesus he hates that he will come after you every possible way the more you glorify jesus the more he hates you and Jesus said it. He's going to, you know, that the world's going to hate you. Yeah. Yeah. He said, pick up your cross daily and follow me. You know, that cross is, you know, it's a death instrument, just so you know. It, may, it might look nice on your neck, but it, it, it's, it, it was a crucifixion. Right? I mean, being a Christian isn't this fluffy thing, you guys. Being a Christian means you're going to die for your beliefs if called to to. Right. At the very least, you're learning to die to yourself. You know, Paul said for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. You know, and and he he meant that. And yet Paul, if you look at Paul before he was renamed Paul, this guy persecuted the Christians. He killed them. You know, in fact, I I'm, I've often been humored by Saul when he was called by Jesus the very first thing Jesus says to him is, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, I don't know about you, but those aren't quite the words that I wanted, you know, I, I would want to hear from God the first time. <laughs> you know, I might want to hear something like, hey, Stacy Lynn, nice to see you. <laughs> but Saul, who was Pharisee of Pharisees, you know, gets blinded and, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But God changes his life, and he died, you know, he, he wrote most of the New Testament for us. And we have the book. I mean, that's the, that's the craziest thing. This life isn't a joke. It's not a dress rehearsal. Um, it's real. You're real. I'm real. Jesus is real. And he loves you. And he died for you. And it, but the story doesn't end there. He rose from the dead. And that's what Satan wasn't planning on. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, he conquered death right there. And it was completely paid for. And the war was over. 
Jesus is now able to open that scroll up that ultimately at some point the judgment of the world's going to come. And you know, the flood judged the world the first time, fire is going to judge it the second time. And I believe with everything in me, we're very close. So, you know, my exhortation to you is to get serious, to repent, you know, repent. You know, that was the first thing Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. All that means is that you acknowledge that you've missed the mark and you make a U-turn and turn around. Go, okay, hey, you know what? Hey, I used to do that. Okay. Man, that's hard though sometimes. I'm just saying. It's not always easy. But it's all you got to do. Believe. And the one who died on the cross for your sin uh, so that you might be saved. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why? Why do you need to be saved? Because if you're not saved, you're on your way to hell. That's what you that's what you're that's what you're saved from. If we didn't need to be saved from anything, Jesus would have never died. So <clears throat> so yeah, I know it's not a popular message, but what I'm gonna say is I don't really care because you know um <laughs> it's a it's a true message. You know, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Mm -hmm. There are many people out there saying that they're, they believe in Jesus. Oprah Winfrey's like, oh, there's so many ways to God. No, there's not. There's one way. That's it. One way, period. I know, right? So intolerant of Jesus. Let me ask you something. If Don't you think Jesus has a right to do what he wants to do, given what he did for us? I mean, he, he, he's perfect. You know, anyway, so, you know, so here's the thing, go, go and go after you, after you get off the show, go and read your Bible. And if you don't know where to read, open up to the gospel of John and begin there. And if you don't know how to understand the word of God, just say, hey, God, Lord, God, Jesus, help me to understand God's word. Help me to understand the word of God. And you know what? He will. I was 14, 13, 14 years old when I found Christ, when Jesus came into my life. A kid. I was a kid. I'm 52 now. I was a kid. And somebody gave me a Bible and I prayed and I read it and I understood it. So as a kid, if I, me as a kid could understand the Bible, then you as an adult can understand the Bible. And here's the thing, though. If you read stuff and you're like, oh, I don't quite get it, guess what? Just keep reading because you're going to get the answers eventually. Yeah, you can reach out to Bareface, also known as Randall, or me. And if I don't know the answer or he don't know the answer, which is likely I won't know the answer, but he will, we'll find somebody who knows the answer. But either way, here's the thing. The answers are all in here. It's, it's crazy how all the answers are in the word of God, you know, and people are like, no, all the answers are in the word of God. Yeah, they are. They're all here. <laughs> Every answer that you ever need in life is in the word of God. Guaranteed. It's just that you got to open the book and find it. 
And the Bible says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. That's the thing, though. Are you? I mean, are you seeking God with your whole heart? Most people aren't. You know? But the thing is, is when you do, you're going to find him. That's why I love apologetics so much. Because all the great apologists out there, whoever tried to disprove Christianity and the validity of the Bible... If they were honest seekers, and they all were, that's why they became great apologists, They, what they uncovered, they couldn't deny. You know, Josh McDowell wrote a book many years ago called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. And that book is like this, and he redid it. There's even more evidence that demands a verdict. Um, you can't look at that stuff and go, ugh. There's not enough evidence here. There's a ton of evidence. I always talk about Simon Greenleaf, who was in a, a lawyer. He taught classes and, you know, he was challenged by his students to look at the testimony of the four evangelists, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They challenged him. They said, why don't you look at what the gospel said about Jesus and, and do it according to the law and see, you know, what comes up as evidence. And as a result, this uh, professor, this law professor, lawyer, did he did that and he ended up becoming a follower of Jesus and he ended up becoming a Christian apologist. And there's actually the Simon Greenleaf School of Law in Southern California named after him because he was honest and he looked at the evidence for the Word of God. C.S. Lewis is another one, you know. Um, you know, I could go on. Lee Strobel, um, you know. There's, there's a lot of people out there who've, who've questioned the faith. You know, another good book I actually got to endorse was Nancy Piercy's book, Total Truth. What a heady book. You know, um, I had her on my show many years ago talking about that book, and she asked me to endorse it. Yeah, little old me got to endorse that book, Total Truth. Check it out. If you're honest with anything regarding God, you're always going to find the truth because God doesn't lie. You know, so... <clears throat> Yeah, so I, just, I, you know, I could go on forever, and I've already gone over our time, but that's the reality. You know, you seek him with your whole heart, you're going to find him. If you repent and believe, you'll be saved, you know, but nothing you can do will get you to heaven because Jesus paid it all, and um, we're living in a dark time. People are freaking out. They don't have peace, I, and, and they don't. I'm probably one of the only people that I know who's like, whatever, because <laughs> I'm not listening to the bad news report constantly. I'm looking at the good news, the good news report here is right here with my hair. I got a lot of hair. Yeah, I do. I have too much hair. I need to get a haircut. But anyway, the good news is in here, guys. And um, so be encouraged by it. Randall, you want to add anything? We got about, let's say, five no. minutes left or no. No, no. Go. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah. So you guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, hey, you know, Randall and I were a nonprofit, Heart Tug International. That's our nonprofit. If you'd like to bless our little ministry, which is Randall and me, um, with an end of the year gift for our show, uh, you can do that over at BibleNewsRadio.com. Um, and if you don't, that's okay too. I don't do this for the money. Um, but if you want to bless what we do, and and help us get the word out a little bit further that would be great um 
tomorrow, Randall will be back, right? You're going to do something tomorrow, right, Bareface? Yes, you've been warned. Yeah. Yeah, you have. Uh, so Randall will be back for a Sunday night show. And um, I just hope you guys, you know, don't get so caught up in the conspiracies of the world and all the stuff that's going on. Look, the enemy is is out there. He's, he's, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. He's going to do everything he can to distract you from what's the most important. And what's most important is following the good shepherd, the Messiah. So you keep your eyes on him. And don't forget, he loves you. And I guarantee you this, if you do that, you will be bold in your faith. You'll be able to stand up when you need to. And you'll go with God because you'll know he loves you. So with that said, be bold, stand up, and go with God because he loves you.